0: Welcome to episode 8 of the Ballers Blog podcast where we are joined by rugby referee Alex Lamb as we discuss his efforts to raise awareness of autism in rugby. I'm delighted to say me and Ollie are joined by Alex Lamb. Alex how are you? I'm very well thanks. You've been working at Waitrose from what I gather at the moment. How, How has life been as an essential worker? Uh, it's been uh interesting
1: it's been quite tough it's had its moments um it, it's made me cry it's made me laugh it's made me smile um i don't think there's an emotion it hasn't made me feel
0: so, um, <laughs> Indeed, it's a...
1: but in the, the day i'm helping out so that's all that matters
0: indeed it's great great work you are doing so for anyone that doesn't know alex you are a Rugby referee with the London Society of Rugby Union Referees, as well as you do rugby league refereeing as well. You've been refereeing since you were 14 and you are autistic and you were diagnosed when you were 18. So, for the listeners, could you maybe give an idea of where you are with your autism and what, what part of the spectrum perhaps?
1: Um, so, yeah, I was diagnosed at 18. Um, I'm probably more towards the higher forming end um so a lot of people would think i don't have autism um but i do have my issues and my struggles now and then i think mainly it used to be um around social anxiety um to organization organizing myself for exams at college and university um and sort of things like that really but yeah it's kind of I've overcome all these hurdles in the last couple of years, so I don't really let it
0: affect me as as much as it did in the past. So when you were given that diagnosis at 18, did that maybe change your approach to certain things?
1: Um, I wouldn't say it did. Um, I think I struggled to understand what autism was at first, but um, it came as a bit of a shock because I wasn't, like I said, I wasn't, I'd, didn't know what it was so I thought oh it's this disability um people are going to judge me but at first it kind of hindered me but I didn't understand why um and since the diagnosis came everything kind of made sense um but over the last couple of years thanks to the refereeing thanks to me sort of going out of my comfort zone and trying to meet people and work and etc it's kind of uh, given me a different perspective on things whereby I just don't let it get in the way and i will happily try anything once and if 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 i do have my struggles it's just getting people to understand really
0: so moving on to more the rugby sides it's clear from looking at your social media with your twitter with fifty thousand or so followers that your love for rugby is never ending in terms of everything that i've seen so far so why rugby why what drew you into the sport and made you fall in love with it?
1: Um, I think it was just the, the the family nature, the welcoming nature of the sport. Um, I used to be a football fan, um, still am to this day, but it's not really one of my favourites. Um, much prefer the rugby. And then since then, everyone's just been so welcoming and I've grown. Not only has it helped me to grow as a person, but it's allowed me to make loads of friends and have different social groups through refereeing, through rugby league, through just
0: rugby union in general. So I think that's what attracted me most to it. When you were first kind of looking at rugby, did you was that inclusivity elements that surrounds the whole of rugby a surprise to you? And was it, well, a welcome surprise? Really?
1: Um, I wouldn't say it was a surprise. I think it was a welcome surprise. Um, partly because I didn't know, but I'd only been, I, I'd, I'd never sort of got involved in rugby um, before, so I didn't really know how welcoming uh, the rugby community was. But as soon, soon as I, I realised how welcoming it was, it was a nice surprise. And, you know, that's kind of, uh, rugby's taken over my life uh, as, so much that, you know, because of the facts, it's just allowed me to kind of develop as a person and, make all these connections and everything and yeah it's um it was definitely a nice surprise. So so
0: what brought you to the refereeing part of the game?
1: Um mainly because I was rubbish at playing. Um, <laughs> I didn't have any didn't have a skill set or anything. Um so yeah I just kind of saw I saw um, Craig Joubert, um former international referee from South Africa on the TV and he just kind of um I saw him and thought, Oh that's something I would like to try. And, you know, nine years down nine years down the down the line I'm I'm still doing it. Albeit not at the moment due to the current circumstances, sadly. But um yeah, no, that's kind of what got me into it. And uh you know, instead of getting beaten up physically, I can now get beaten up verbally
0: instead. <laughs> So so you're currently at level six in the refereeing terms. What challenges have you perhaps faced kind of throughout the journey up to where you are now in terms of getting a grip of how to be a good referee, really?
1: Um, I think mostly it's come down to... Well, I think I've had issues with self-confidence and um, I think that stemmed from as an individual, um, not 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 only in, in, in the rugby world, and I think becoming more confident as an individual and becoming more settled in my life has allowed me to become a lot happier. Um, in terms of or a lot more confident in terms of my refereeing, and I would say that's probably the main obstacle I've had to um I've had to overcome in these last sort of few years.
0: So, what what was the initial reaction from people around you when you decided to make this decision of going into refereeing?
1: Um, I think they were all very supportive, and my dad was he knew i didn 't enjoy playing rugby um it just wasn 't for me i didn't yeah i didn't apart from the fact that i didn't want my body to feel like it just been hit by a bus every Sunday morning just there was something about you know the ref- the role of a referee that is very suited to me as someone with autism i feel and it's very you could argue it 's very specific to me, but you know I like following rules and um and yeah refereeing as some sort of structure to it and um it 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 puts me in challenging situations but it's enabled me to come out of those situations um a lot more confident uh, as a person and being able to deal with them and it's helped me as a person as well so um yeah I think my dad and or my family and everyone around me will agree that the role of a referee is very very well suited to me.
0: And how, how has it been to see all the support you've got on social media from your many Twitter followers?
1: Um, it's lovely. Um, you know, I, I, I take the time to reply to every person. Um, you know, I'm, I'm obviously very grateful for everyone's kind words and I'm just doing my best to try and you know promote my story but also try and inspire other people and it's a nice way of connecting with people and I've made a lot of friends through Twitter and social media in general so um, it's been a big help for me and especially during this lockdown as well.
0: As well as your own personal Twitter page you also uh, run the Autism in Rugby page which I would recommend to anyone listening to go and have a look at because it, it's got some fantastic stuff on there for the listeners that haven't haven't um seen it because you maybe give an idea of what the idea behind the page is
1: um yeah i set it up back in july last year with a friend of mine or um someone i know through twitter who also has autism and we set it up together and just to kind of, you know, promote autism in rugby, raise awareness in general and, you know, share our stories. And I took it over in probably about end of October, November, beginning of November last year, and I've been running it ever since. And um, it's, it's just kind of, you know, raising as much awareness of autism as possible and, you know, making sure people understand and promoting my story and just to try and provide inspiration to others. So um it's it the reactor general reaction since um it was set up and since i took over it seems to have been uh, very positive so uh, long may long may it continue
0: is is it quite humbling being asked to do interviews with the likes of world rugby and the rugby journal from what i've seen that you know are looking to also help push and promote your cause uh
1: it, it's it's incredible i did not expect to be involved in um well-known magazines like rugby journal and you know of all things to be on the world rugby website it it was uh came as a bit as a big shock um i wasn't expecting it but it's nice to see that they're getting behind my story and getting behind the cause um and that yeah, it just shows just proves to me that the reaction to my Stories just been so positive and um you know the, the more interviews that you know if there are if there are any more that do come up I'm I, i'll be happy to take part just to try and you know raise more awareness of autism and, and my story in general
0: yeah you've definitely been you know you, they, they reflect very well on you from all the articles i've read so moving on to the onto the pitch really what are the areas of refereeing that you kind of I don't know how to phrase this question, but find the most interesting really. Um,
1: Scrum's always an interesting, uh, an interesting uh, uh, facet of the game. I don't think any referee truly knows what's going on. Um, (laughs) I don't think any of the players know what's going on, really, or they think (laughs) they do anyway. Um, (laughs) But no, in all seriousness, it's yeah for someone who's never played in the front row due to my. Rather slim stature, um, it's it is a, it is a bit of a challenge. But as I said before, the the self confidence has kind of developed over the last couple of years, so that I can you know boss any scrum without without kind of any worries. And even though I, the players can tell I've never played in the front row before, they know that I'm I'm in control. So that's always an interesting um, facet of the game and. Just keeping fit and um, surprising myself with the speed, the turn of speed that I have, um, can sometimes be uh, quite interesting. So I didn't. I don't think I'm going to keep up, but I end up. I end up doing so, which is always good. Um, so yeah, but I think scrum is the most uh, interesting facet of the game to try and referee. I don't think anyone knows what's going on half the time.
0: World rugby seems to like to cha- change a few rules. Every so often, I think they've changed some recently with obviously the close contacts with the COVID-19 situation. But how is it to, as a referee, have to adapt to these rule changes and learn them? Um,
1: I think it's just part and parcel of the game, really. Um, There's always going to be rule changes. Um, Someone like myself who gets used to a a set of rules, um, you know... that any change is a little bit difficult, but you just got to. It's just, yeah, you 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 always got to think that World Rugby are doing the best they can to try and keep everyone safe, especially given the current circumstances, and just doing it for the best of the game. You know, we want it to be safe for the players. We want it to be enjoyable for the players and for the referees and everyone involved and the spectators watching. So you would only think that any law changes are for the greater good of the game. So I have no problem personally with adapting to them.
0: On the pitch, are there kind of any moments that stand out where you've really had to put a player in line for something they're doing or giving a bit of back chat?
1: Oh, I've I've had that on many occasions. I've had people (laughs) cross the line and think that just because I'm, probably because they they think I'm young, young looking and quite slim, I'm not short, but I'm not the tallest of people. Whereas they're all built like brick houses and as wide as they are (laughs) at all. But, you know, I I think I'm I'm confident in myself and in my ability as a referee. So there's times where I've had to use the tools available to me. Um, I don't want to, but sometimes you have to go there. Um, I don't want to spoil the game, but, you know, if having to bin someone or having to penalise someone... Means that I achieve the out, my outcome of um, getting a better game for or more enjoyable game for those around me, then that's what I have to do. I don't like doing it, but sometimes you know you just got to accept that players do cross the line and and you have to sort of put your foot down.
0: You, you mentioned you mentioned earlier that you obviously have an interest in football as well. The kind of respect element between the players and the referee in rugby is. A lot better than football. Do you think that's something that football kind of really need to learn from rugby?
1: Um, I think yeah. I think football can learn a lot of things from rugby. And I, from what I've seen of football, although I don't go to a lot of games, um, I don't watch a lot of football, is that there is a lack of respect, particularly for the for the officials, from the crowd, from the players. And oh, whilst it's not perfect in rugby union or rugby league, it's a, I find there's a lot more respect and football can definitely learn a thing or two from uh, from rugby and yeah that's why I, I said I would never referee football I just don't think I could hack the, uh, the the lack of respect that I've seen or I've heard about so yeah I think football can learn a, th- a thing or two from rugby. Yeah definitely.
2: Um, just in terms of your refereeing and and everything that goes with it. I listened to a podcast recently where Nigel Owens was the guest and he spoke about a couple of superstitions and rituals he has every time he referees a game. Do you have any any of your own that you like to do each time you take the pitch?
1: Um, I would say not when I take the pitch, but I always have to have a cup of tea at the, cup, uh, the clubhouse before I um, get on the pitch. That's always a must. Um, always got to have one before I leave the house. Uh, I know that's not superstitious or anything. It's quite boring, but that's just me. (laughs) Um, uh, I tend to not focus on the game too much when I'm at home. So before I leave, um, just because I don't want to overthink it, I like to zone out. Um, Sometimes I choose like a different playlist to warm up to or play in the house before I, before I leave um, sometimes a bit more chilled sometimes a bit more sort of upbeat uh, to get me focused depending on what sort of game I'm anticipating that I'll re- end up refereeing um, I think I've noticed other people, other referees take uh, a bag of sweets um, to, to games and I think I, I need to start doing that I need to start taking my favourite sweets, maybe that'll make my, uh, <laughs> my refereeing <laughs> skill a little bit better um, which would be Harry Bows. Um, I wouldn't say anything superstitious, but little things like that that you can always tell. If, if if I don't have my cup of tea in the morning, it's going to be a bad day. So <laughs> I've had a cup of teas without fail every morning that I've refereed. So basically is what I'm saying. I've had no bad refereeing performances.
2: <laughs> long may that continue.
1: <laughs> uh, you, you'd, you'd hope so, Touchwood.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Just out of interest, what, what what is the preference on brand of tea?
1: Oh, it's got the Yorkshire. Yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. Good
0: man. York- <laughs> yeah, Yorkshire. I've
1: got, I've got some of that steely Yorkshire grit inside me. Oh, good, good. So, um, as everyone yeah, should that, have that—that <laughs> that, that comes from uh, from uh, spending so much time in Yorkshire because of rugby league, etc. It's kind of been drilled into me.
0: Yeah, as you, as you've mentioned before, you've, you also have done some refereeing in league. How has that been to kind of, well, I'll, I'll rephrase that. Are there any differences in your approach to refereeing a game or how is it to kind of flip between union and league?
1: Um, it is quite difficult. I mean, I think the um, role of being a referee comes naturally to me now. I've been refereeing union for so long, but when I tried referee my hand at refereeing rugby league last year, it it was a bit difficult because obviously you've got a different set of rules and stuff, but, you know, I took to it pretty quickly and albeit I haven't done any rugby league refereeing since around summertime last year because I've just been so focused on my rugby union stuff. Um, it is difficult, I find, especially with the positioning and the six tackles and remembering all of that. Um, but it's, it's something I would give a go again in the future, but we um, will have to wait and see what develops with uh, COVID-19 and lockdown thus.
2: It's interesting you talk about the sort of uh, challenges switching between the two because we had um, Roy McConaughey join us a couple of weeks ago and he spoke about the growing similarities between league and union. Is that something that you've noticed from a referee's perspective?
1: Yeah, to an extent there is there are similarities. I think there's a lot of measures that rugby union are trying to introduce into the game that are sort of part and parcel of rugby league, like something similar to a 40-20. I, I heard at one point earlier this year, they were thinking of introducing, um, which is fine, but I don't want it to become too similar. I think, yeah, partly because, you know, both sets of fans will be at each other's throats if they're anywhere near similar. <laughs> you know, and I, I, I get that from being, having a foot in both camps. Um but, yeah, it's, it, they can both learn stuff from one another, but I don't think I want them to become too similar because otherwise they have become the same thing, which gets a bit boring. I, li- I like how different they are. And, you know, Union's probably a bit more tactical, whereas Rugby League is a bit more structured in a way, I would say.
0: Not, not trying to cause any trouble, but is there... Do you perhaps have maybe one you prefer to watch more than the other?
1: Oh, I can't say. I can't say for everyone. <laughs> everyone of my Twitter followers out there, I can't pick a side. I'm sorry. <laughs> um, no, in all seriousness, I probably would have to pick r- r- probably rugby union because that's what I've grown up with. Um, if people ask me what my fav- which one was my favorite, I would probably say rugby union, um, even though I like both. Because par- partly, mainly because I've, that's what I've grown up with. But I like lo- I like both just as much as each other, and. Yeah, they've uh, sort of both taken over my life.
0: I've I've seen from your Twitter that you've also got another account of going north, in which a southerner goes up north to follow rugby league. So, how, how has that been with that account and all the adventures you've been on?
1: Oh, it's been it's been great. I've got my fair share of stick for being a southerner, which is fair due. <laughs> Um No one likes me touch wood um but no it's been great i've you know documented all my adventures on there and been to many different rugby grounds and yeah it's um it's been good i've put it all on twitter and people have taken a notice of it and um yeah i've crossed a lot of grounds off my list and you know the going north thing seems to be going pretty well for me so people know that i run both twitter pages and I regularly promote them as well, so yeah, albeit I don't have as many followers on going North, but you know, that can it's a bit difficult when there's not a lot of travelling to do at the moment.
2: You talked uh, about the uh, the family element of rugby earlier. Is that something you've experienced during your travels up north?
1: Oh, hundred percent. Northerners are far more welcoming. Or <laughs> all, all that or they would say. Um they don't like they don't <laughs> like it down in the big smoke. Um no, I think, yeah, it's that northern hospitality coupled with the family feeling of rugby league and it's been, everyone's been really welcoming, I've put myself out there to try and connect with people and meet up with people and everyone's just been so nice and it's made it even more enjoyable going on my travels and, you know, several of my best friends I've I've met through rugby league, so... It's great, and I, w- I would even go as far as to say that Yorkshire is my second home. Oh,
2: magic.
0: <laughs> so, you can't, and everything's better when it's from Yorkshire. Indeed. Words to live by. <laughs> M- might change our, our um, podcast motto to that. <laughs> Good shout. Are, are, there, are there any games that really stand out to you or maybe grounds you've been to from your travels? Um,
1: I think one that stands out more than anything else is definitely... Whole car away last year when we almost, um, well, we, we 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 looked like we were going down at that point, and then we score a try in the last two minutes to take the relegation fight to the last weekend. Albeit we don't, sadly, we don't stay up. We lose the final game, but just to pull victory back from the jaws of defeat like that and give ourselves hope of one more week was one of the most surreal nights I've ever experienced in sport. Um, beating St Helens at home last year. With Golden Point, that was pretty special as well. Beating Wigan at home. um, Beating Hull KR by two. There's too many to count. Were
2: you you at Headingley last year when you beat Leeds? I was indeed. That was a very special night. Not for me, it wasn't. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, no. no. I thought it was a good night.
1: Oh, well. (laughs) Um, Particular grounds, Headingley stands out. Um, by far, because the atmosphere and just, just an amazing stadium. And uh, you're not going to like me saying this, but Cass stands out as well. <laughs> <laughs> um, just because, just because it's one of those traditional rugby grounds where you're very close to the action and you can feel the atmosphere. Headingley is a different kind of atmosphere. It's 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 amazing. They're both amazing in their in their own way. Cast Vegas has a bit of magic about it, like old school rugby league and make. Yeah, and I love being very close to the action. Apologies for
0: just saying that. <laughs> <laughs> no worries. So it's, this is London Broncos, isn't it? That you are a supporter of. So how Indeed. is it kind of? They are the. Am I? I think I'm right in saying they're the only Southern team, aren't they? So how is it kind of them as the the go-to really?
1: Um, they're the only professional London side. Yeah. Um, yeah. there's a few amateur clubs, but you know with ambitions and hopefully they make it to the high levels one day that would be great but yeah no broncos are doing great i think they they we've got a solid fan base not the big, not the biggest one um but they're doing a lot of good work in the community and uh we're doing a lot of good work when you know before lockdown um in promoting the game in london and our crowds are starting to pick up and you know we had ambitions this year of trying to get back to super league and you know i think Last year in Super League did wonders for us, and it was an amazing journey, following us everywhere. And I think I missed twenty, I, I missed six out of thirty league game in total. Um, That's good going! <laughs> so it was pretty, uh, it was pretty inc- incredible. Just, I mean, the ten wins just capped it all off. But even just getting to visit the grounds and meeting all those people was special enough for me. You Know the wins against <coughs> Leeds um, <laughs> and, and the likes of Saints, Wigan. Whole KR, et etc. Um, just sort of with a cherry on top, almost.
0: Sounds all like great fun. I think Ollie had a couple of questions about the Broncos, didn't he? Yeah, because and you talk about growing the game down there. What what's the
2: appetite for rugby league like down in London, and where do you think it goes from here? What's the next step?
1: I think it's good. Um, I think, as shown by the crowds we got last year, and um, you know we've got fairly decent crowds this year, and I think it's, I think the next stage is just promoting, not only the club promoting the game more, but, you know, sort of doing more stuff in the community, more more around London, like the billboard, posters, et cetera, would be nice to see. It'd be nice to see kind of all the clubs in London to kind of get together and maybe do sort of some some kind of events involving just the London teams and the Southern teams, making like a, a Southern League almost, or something like that, just to kind of or do double-headers at Wembley or Twickenham or the Twickenham Stoop just to try and grow the game a little bit more. Um, but, yeah, I think we're on, we're on the right path. Um, and I think, you know, the RFL and Super League could do more to promote the game in London as well, maybe bring a few Super League games down to London and see what that would do, see what interest that would what that would generate.
0: so looking kind of towards the future maybe what is your your aim with your refereeing and in regards to also raising awareness for the likes of your autism in rugby page
1: um i think going forwards it's just trying to raise as much awareness of autism as i can seeing how much autism in rugby grows refereeing to enjoy it as much as possible and just see what happens off the back of it. I don't referee for the plaudits, I don't referee to climb to the top. I just referee because I enjoy it and just see what happens off the back of it. Um but, you know, if I do get to the top, great. You know, if I'm at the level I'm at, great. It's it's all about the enjoyment for me. And I think I'm hoping for a long, illustrious career in rugby and I I won't give up until my body says I I need to give up. And even then I'll probably still carry on. Um which my girlfriend probably won't approve of, but hey-ho. Um, <laughs> apart from that, yeah, just kind of seeing how it goes and, you know, the reaction has been rather amazing so far. So if I can carry that on and inspire more people, raise awareness, you know, connect with more people and meet loads more people through through both codes, then, then that would be great.
0: Indeed, great. So if just out of interest, what would... What would be the dream game to referee if you could any. Ooh, um maybe something
1: like a, a Gloucester, a Gloucester Bath game or a um a Bristol Bath or internationals maybe like a New Zealand Australia definitely. Oh, a furious. local a, a, a local fierce derby in the Premiership or championship would be
0: the dream. Indeed, indeed. Well, we, we do wish you the best of luck with your future endeavours in refereeing and raising awareness with all the great stuff you've been doing. Thank you very much. Thank you so Alex. much. You've, you've been absolutely it's been brilliant. a pleasure. Yeah,
1: likewise, indeed. guys. All the best. Thank you.
0: So thank you very much all for listening once again. I hope you've all enjoyed that as much as we have. It was very interesting to talk to Alex about his autism and his refereeing journey. So... Thank you very much to him once again. If you'd like to get in touch at any point, contact us at BallersBlog1 on Twitter and at BallersBlogSport on Instagram. And if you'd like to check out any of Alex's pages, it's at LamboRugby on Twitter and at Autism in Rugby also. So go and check those out and show him some appreciation because it is all fantastic stuff. So thank you very much for listening. Goodbye.